2: And a very good morning to you here on this lovely Sunday. Maybe a little bit of rain in the air, but what isn't good about Adelaide on a Sunday when your football team's won and another one's about to win? We are the Bungie and to Show. I'm John Casey, but we can't start this show without the stars, including this man. What about Andrew McLeod? Guess who's
3: going to swoop? Andrew McLeod!
2: Bravo indeed. In the studio as well. Elusive last week, but great to have you with us here in the studio, Bungie. It's
0: good to be back, Case. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, I did have a little bit of the man flu last week, so had to uh, hide away in a little secret location. But good to be back in the studio and uh, looking forward to cracking into a big show. And looking
2: forward to hearing more from this man.
3: For yes.
2: Big shot by Brett Ma. Big shot.
1: <laughs>
0: they, have, they must have bigger crowds at the basketball than the footy. That, that, that <laughs> intro sounds like there's more
1: people there. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. I, I actually had to swim in today. It was <laughs> raining that hard driving in. It was absolutely ridiculous. I'll, hopefully there's a canoe for me to get home, but uh, – it was a lot of rain here in Adelaide today. Well,
2: maybe Bungie can share his cup of cement with you and the two of you can, uh, can get together a little bit. But anyway, let's move on. We've got another superstar on the line because it's a big week for soccer or football here in Adelaide. And the coach of Adelaide United, Carl Vitz, has been kind enough to join us here on a Sunday. Carl, thanks very much for your time.
4: No worries, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Carl, this is massive this week. The Australia Cup clash between Adelaide City and Adelaide United. You've lived it through both clubs. I guess it's like the Crows and Port playing in an AFL final.
4: Um, yeah, I, I suppose there is a, a little bit of rivalry, you know, how, um, Ad, Adelaide United was um, growing from Adelaide City, you know, um, pulling out of the league. So, um, I suppose there is a little bit of rivalry
0: there. Now, Carl, United has uh, been the most successful, uh, team in the championships over the journey 2014, 18 and 19. Um, who, who's the teams that have impressed you so far in the cup campaign?
4: Um, yeah, look, it's a difficult one, the FA Cup, especially this year. It's so early in pre-season for the A-League clubs, so it's, you know a lot of the A-League clubs are still just in their, their pre-season. Like we're in our six-week six of pre-season, so it's a difficult one. We're still, you know, trying to build our fitness, but it's also, you know, get the players fresh enough that they can play a, a competitive match. Uh,
1: Carl, how does your build-up for this game change or vary from a normal build-up in the in the A-League as opposed to playing a team that's like playing in the regional uh, competition here in Adelaide or the local competition? How do you uh, change your build-up?
4: No, no, we we treat it exactly like we're playing another A-League team. So the whole preparation, training, everything, um, going into the FA Cup game will be replicate what we do in the league. Um, I say it's it's a difficult one because we're in pre-season and normally pre-season games we like the players to go in with a little bit of fatigue, um, but... This game here, we've got to make sure the
0: players are fresh and can play. Hey, okay, Carl, just changed in tact a little bit. I just wanted to mention that over the last few weeks, there's been some great news for the for United and the signing of uh, Craig Goodwin and also Ben Halloran coming back and committing to the club. Um, I did read uh, during the week that uh, both um, really pumped up the program and, and, in, and talked about enjoying their time and, um, you know, the camaraderie in in terms of the program that uh that must be a a, a good endorsement of the program um, and you know and what you're trying to achieve
4: yeah most definitely um you know having gone through you know and played for a few clubs and under a lot of managers um, you know one thing that myself when I said I was going to get into coaching is make sure that I made training enjoyable and an an environment where it was um, friendly and everyone enjoyed coming to training and that's something that I try to make sure in the playing group that when we come to training that, you know, everyone's looking forward to getting out on the track.
1: Carl, who are some of the players we can kind of look forward to? Or who are some of the players that you're focusing on in the Adelaide City team um, that you're making uh, that you really have to stop in this game coming up?
4: Yeah, look, they've got some um, good young players that have been at the youth team before in um, Daniel Bresson and Charlie Devereux. They're um, some good young players. And um, they've got an older player as well, Bucco, that we'll have to, Keep an eye on as well. So, um, you know, it's something that we've, you know, we've done our homework on them, and it's going to be a difficult game. They'll make it um, very difficult for us. So, um, you know, we'll we'll have to be at our best to to get the win.
0: Speaking of uh, the youth side, it's um, first time in four years that the young Reds are going to play finals. Now, that must be also a bit of a positive for the club.
4: Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, when I took over, you know, two years ago, we had a good look at uh youth um, development, and we. We thought we had a little bit too many older players there. So we um, got, brought in a lot of younger players. And this is, you know, the benefit of that. This is the second full season of these young players playing in the MPL, And they're still very young. They're still Most of them are still only 17, 18. Um, and we believe, you know, um, and they've done exceptionally well this year to make finals for such a young team.
2: Carl, Adelaide United, Adelaide City in the Oz Cup. It's seven pm service FM, Stadium at Jepps Cross on Wednesday night. Uh, Start as I say, seven o'clock. Can hold seven thousand out there. How many do you think might turn up?
4: Um, yeah, I, I reckon they'll get close to five thousand around there, <laughs> um, depending on the weather. Hopefully, this rain stays away, um, and it'll be a, a good environment. You know, um, as you say, there'll be some old um supporters still going for the Adelaide City and maybe a lot of the local NPL clubs will be maybe supporting in Adelaide City. So it'd be it'd be a little bit different because, you know, it'll be a home sort of, you know, game for Ad, for Adelaide where we'll have supporters going against
2: us. You you're under pressure. You, you sound pretty calm, but you you have to win this. You're the uh, the hot favourites, they're the underdogs. It could be a Cinderella story. You're nervous at all.
4: Um yeah, look, cup games are like that, aren't they? Um, you see that in all over the world in cup games, you know, that you get the underdogs every now and then that get up and, and get over the, the bigger clubs. So, you know, it's no different for us. You know, we know that if we take the game lightly, that we'll be, you know, in for a very tough night. So it's important that we start the game well and play um, with a real high tempo. And, you know, hopefully then our quality can come over
2: the top. You know about cup games. Didn't you score the winner against Arsenal in the FA Cup uh, round? Um yeah, you're testing my memory now, Kate. <laughs> <long time> <laughs> what did you make just speaking of the EPL? We'll go through the results in a moment, but Manchester oh, United. Please,
4: please. No, no, we can't you know, we can't talk about that. that
2: is... Oh, like they're on the bottom <laughs> of the ladder. First time in thirty years, Carl.
4: Yeah, I'm not I'm not happy about that. yeah. Uh, <laughs> last week I I didn't think things would get much worse after their performance last week, but obviously it can. Are you um, locked sometimes in? Sometimes
2: you've at- got to hit Sorry, are you locked in?
4: Before you can go up. Well,
2: are you locked in with Adelaide United? The phone hasn't rung yet for Man from Man United.
4: No, no, no. They've got a good manager. They're just, um, going to take some time. They need to chat some players around, so it'll just take some time. But I'm, I'm sure he'll get the job done.
0: Well, you might uh, sit next to that phone, Carl, because uh, I think it's the first time in hundred years that a coach has lost the first two games for Man United.
4: Um, yeah, it's not a great start, but um, I'm sure they'll they work things out. They need, to, as I say, they need to bring a couple of players in. They haven't really brought any um, players in in the summer, and they, they certainly need to. You know, Their performances last year weren't good enough, and you know, they haven't started well this year, so it's um, a long road ahead for them.
1: Uh, Carl, we were having a debate last week about what should be done with Ronaldo. What are your thoughts on that topic? Should he stay, or uh, should they move him along and use that budget?
4: Um, look, I, I think he's made it clear that he doesn't want to stay. Um, you know, the way he started pre season, or didn't, well, didn't do pre season with the team. So, you know, he's, he's a big um, player. Um, you know, and you don't want to let, lose those players. But if a player's not happy, you know, you've got to move them on.
2: Well, Carl, really appreciate your time here on a Sunday morning. We know it's a big week for the club, and it's fantastic to see Adelaide United and Adelaide City, two clubs that you are very fond of, going at it in the Australia Cup. Good luck, and may the best team win on Wednesday night. No worries.
4: Thanks, guys, for your support.
2: Thanks, Carl. Carl Viet there from Adelaide United, and I think they are under a little bit of pressure because one of these teams moves through to the round of 16. We saw this week that... uh, uh, it wasn't the case for Modbury, who lost 4 0 to MacArthur, so they've been knocked out. But I just love the idea of a state league team playing against their, uh, you know, the MP- uh, the National League team, really putting it to them, nothing to lose, and a chance for a Cinderella story.
0: Oh, I actually thought that he uh, played that down pretty well then. Can hear there's, sounds like there's a little bit of nervousness there, obviously going back and playing against the old mob. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a cracker, and I can't wait. I reckon uh, if. Like Carl said, if the weather's weather's good, they'll fill that stadium out.
1: So looking forward to what will be a hot contest on Wednesday night. I think they're going to smash them. (laughs) I don't want to damn it. But I would love to see the Cinderella. Everyone loves that. But I'm predicting like a 6-0 win to Adelaide United, not to put them under any more pressure. But uh, I think it'll be a really good game to watch, Uh, a lot of skills on, and we'll get to see some new players as well, which will be good. Did you just give them the kiss of death? 6-0.
2: 6-0. We're going to hear more about this from Brett Maher. Um, but as we mentioned there in that chat with Carl Viet, the EPL scores overnight, absolutely unbelievable results. Brentford, four, defeated Manchester United, nil. Manchester United on the bottom of the EPL table for the first time in 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Arsenal, 4-2 winners over Leicester. Melbourne, uh, Melbourne City. Uh, Manchester City are top of the league, beating Bournemouth 4-0. Uh, we saw Southampton draw with Leeds 2 all. Brighton and Newcastle, nil-all draw. Aston Villa defeated Everton 2-1. Wolves and Fulham, a nil-all draw. Notts Forest, West Ham to play. Chelsea, Tottenham, 1am tonight. And Liverpool against Crystal Palace on Tuesday. Crystal Palace, a team, one of the three EPL teams that Carl Viet played for during an illustrious career. But those results are extraordinary. And so were the conditions in the UK at the moment. They've had water breaks in games for the first time in the EPL. The heat wave over there is really taking its toll. uh
0: so, what's the heat wave look like over there though, uh, guys, compared to here?
2: Well, 20, 20 degrees. Nah, come on. It, it, is, it is. They are really struggling over there at the moment. And uh, it really is affecting a lot of people. But um, I think we're here to talk about the Australia cup and it is a fantastic competition, eight years. And as you mentioned, boys, Adelaide United, three-time winners. And, uh, well, they will hopefully go through again if uh, you know if Adelaide's going to draw that trophy here. But nothing against Adelaide City; they are really prime for this, and it's going to be a great game. I think it just adds to the flavour, and I don't. It doesn't work promotion relegation in every sport that we play here in South Australia and Australia, but it certainly works for soccer and gives these teams an opportunity to play against bigger name players and some of the great players that we know are bought in over here. So uh, it should be a good contest.
1: I'll Let's go. go. I've got a good feeling about it. I think Adelaide is starting to be on the upswing again, and we're going to talk about the avalanche uh, a little bit later in the show. Crows are starting to get some wins. We've got Port Adelaide are going to get some wins as well. So I think we're going to see a real upswing, and I would love to see Adelaide uh, Adelaide United probably. More than City. Not Adelaide, Adelaide City. United. No, I think Adelaide United. Uh, as soon as I predicted 6-0. I would love to see them bring the cup back here.
2: Uh, well, let's hope it does turn out that way. Trust you're enjoying your Sunday morning here with us on the Bungie and Brett's show. It's starting to brighten up out there. We've got a lot more to look forward to. As Brett Maher mentioned, we're going to be talking a little bit of ice hockey with a new National League champion here in Adelaide. We'll go through the Crows' big win. We're going to preview Port Adelaide's clash with Essendon and talk about the AFLW results from yesterday as well. Plenty of basketball coming your way. And the Com games. Well, certainly some interest here because last week I was talking about bringing the Com games here to Adelaide. Brett, Mac, uh, Bruce McAvanni got off the plane from Birmingham and said bring the games here so you heard it here first on the Bungie and the show we'll take a short break and we'll be back right after this
3: Adelaide Giants home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world for a Mitsubishi you have two clear standouts Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi driven by Australian Motors This is the Bungie and Bretster Show.
2: And we're doing it on a Sunday morning thanks to Mayhem Collectibles. Get ready for Mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles, the parade at Nord, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cars and collectibles specialist, mayhemcollectibles.com.au. Brett Maher, Andrew McLeod are in the studio. Last week on the show, we had a great interview and really enjoyed chatting to Lucy Austin from Matrix because the state netball grand finals were played on Friday night Bungie. And it turns out Lucy Austin did pretty well.
0: She did case. And so did her team Friday night, premier league netball results. And uh, Matrix took on contacts. The two big uh, colossal teams in South Australia and uh, Matrix were, were too strong for contacts in both league and reserves. Uh, Matrix claiming their fourth title in a row in the reserves winning by five goals um which is just unprecedented and our girl Lucy Austin dominating the league uh and she actually won the Mar Gangove medal for the MVP of the night to claim the title for Matrix um and winning by 11 goals now Matrix dominated the first half 34 to 22 um and, and contacts came back in the second half outscoring Matrix 31 to 30. But the damage was done, and uh, yeah, Matrix have uh, and, and like I said, Contacts have dominated the competition for a, for a long period of time now. Um, so well done to to Matrix. I think it's the um, over the last thirteen seasons, they have both either won or come runner up, played in the grand final, um, Marzi, um, in an eight team competition. Now, is it time for Netball SA to actually look at ways of um, to even out the competition, and that's a bit of a leading question for you there, just quietly, <laughs> it's is, but, um, because uh, the, the other teams need a bit of a fair go. There's there's eight teams in the competition, and to have that dominance across the, the league for such a, a long period of time, um, it uh, a lot of people say it isn't fair, and uh, I know the league are looking into it. They've done a review um, they're, tr- they're trying to do, I guess, address that disparity. So there'll be more to come in this space, but you've, uh, you've cast your eye over a little bit of an article.
1: <laughs> there was a good article in the paper through the week where, um, the netball organization are looking at trying to even out that competition, uh, looking at installing a point system, uh, regional zones, cutting down a squad sizes, Uh, The last review, apparently, according to that article, was back in 2009 and they made some changes in 2011. But clearly something needs to be done. Those other six teams, I mean, that's a long time without getting through to even play in a grand final. And uh, I think what happens as well is you get two teams that are dominating so much. Those clubs struggle, 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 start producing some really good players and then lose them to one of those two good teams. Or they just poach them. And they just or they poach them. <laughs> yeah. And and they continue to get stronger and stronger, those two teams, while the other six are kind of languishing. So it's not good for the league to have two really dominant teams. And I would like to see some changes for sure. I wouldn't mind the zo- the whole zone thing.
0: Like if you look at the SANFL and the way that they've been able to do it and allocate uh, zones to their clubs, they can actually go then and develop in those, you know, in those zones. So you you basically go out, you send your development officers out, you send your, you know, you send your players out into these, into these areas. They go into the schools, they promote the club. They start to, um, when kids are coming through and they have an interest in footy and in this case it'll be netball, then, you know, you know that when you're, um, that's, that's the sport you choose to follow, then this is the pathway for you to go to these clubs. And, you know, you can certainly see it in, in the SANFL where it's actually helped the competition um, and, you know, they've got regional areas too where they can go and promote the sport and
1: um, look to recruit from those areas. I think it's, uh, it's something that they sh- certainly should be looking at. My only problem with that is resources. Like, I don't think netball have anywhere near the same resources as footy to be able to put that in place. They're going to need – netball is going to need a lot more money and uh, to get that up and going. They have a lot of participants, uh, highest participant. Uh, it, I think it's the third most played sport in Australia – very, very good um, support there. But getting out and doing that, I think it's good. The point system can also be very effective in that. But in a lot of point systems, um, where they get derailed is that if you've got someone that's played for your club for a long period of time, they're generally on zero points.
0: Homegrown talent. Yeah. And,
1: and those two teams at the moment would already have a lot of players that have played for them for a long time and so they're going to stay there and have limited points. That's so where the
0: zones come in, and, and you can actually develop those players so when they actually grow up, there they are points uh, attached to them, so if they do choose to go or well, teams tend to poach them, then they obviously have got to give up some points. But, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great idea, Marzi, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. I think there's a little bit of water to go under that bridge yet.
2: I agree. Yeah, certainly, I think hats off to Netball SA because you're right, you can't have two teams dominating. You need other teams getting involved in the Premier League clubs, of course. Well, we'd like to see that shared, the love shared around a little bit. With the Premier League season over, we turn our attention now to the National League and Tanya Obbs, coach of the Thunderbirds, a two-year extension to her contract. And, and last season, they missed finals by one game. And with her in charge, they seem to be certainly heading in the right direction. They certainly do, and you know
0: they've obviously got a um, couple of the best defenders. And we talked about them in the um, in the Com Games. Brett's, Brett's favourite, but we did talk about um, Latanya Wilson and also uh, Shamira Sterling. Uh, you know, like in th- their success that they've come off from the J- Jamaican um, Sunshine Girls in the Com Games, but also the fact that. They were both, they're both elite netballers playing for us. We've got um, Lucy Austin has just signed. We talked about Lucy. Lucy's actually um, – another accolade for Lucy is that uh, the Southern Force uh, netball uh, competition, in the, it's in the national competition. They have a comp- – uh, that starts, I think it's August 22nd, the 28th, and it's a, it's a pathway competition that they, uh, they play against the Collingwood Magpies, Tasmania, uh, Queensland Sapphires, the Swifts Academy, Giants Academy – um, West Coast reserves and the Sunshine Coast Lightning, so it's an opportunity for to to uh, unearth some of that uh, talent as well. Um, Lucy Austin is going to be the the captain of that, and uh, you know she looks like she's going to add some value to the Thunderbirds moving forward too. So um, yeah, it's a great get to to secure that the service of Tanya
1: Robbs for the next couple of years. For me, we've been sport with the Thunderbirds. I think we take them for granted a little bit. They're always up around the mark, always doing well. Uh, whether they're winning or they're making the finals, they always seem to get good talent in as well. They're one of the Adelaide teams that has always done well in attracting some good international talent. And we see some of the Jamaican girls playing here. And, uh, yeah, they make it exciting to go down, um, to the stadium and watch.
2: And Bunchy, we know your family's involved in netball. Have you ever played yourself, mixed or in a men's competition? <laughs> uh, play? Yes. I actually played a little <laughs> bit
0: of mixed, um, Brett's, Brett's played in one of my mixed teams, uh, a few years ago. It's, uh... Yeah, he, uh, he wasn't much chop. I was terrible. Uh, I kept tr- trying to shoot threes
1: and they told me I wasn't allowed to. You're shooting from outside the <laughs> circle.
0: Uh, they didn't have the super shot back then. It would have been good if they brought that in. But, no, I did play a little bit. I actually played um, when I was when I was playing footy, which was I didn't realise it was a no-no. You weren't allowed to play until I got a tap on the shoulder from uh, Trevor Jakes back in the day and said – mate, you might want to reconsider playing this mixed netball on a, on a
2: Sunday afternoon after footy. I don't think it's a good look. The reason I ask is we've just won the Commonwealth Games gold medal for it to get into the Olympics, which is a possibility in Brisbane in 2032. The IOC says they want to involve sports that are heavily, that have both men and women involved. And at the moment, men's netball is not at the elite level strong enough for it to be pushed into the Olympics. And Netball Australia has recognised that and are going to try and pump up the men's version of the game. For me, the only drawback for netball is that I don't know if it's played
1: in enough countries. It's clearly played right through the Commonwealth, but outside of the Commonwealth, I don't think it's played in, in the US. It's not played in Russia. In some of the big countries that perform at the Olympics, I don't think it's going to be represented, and hence I don't know if it'll get that backing.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see. But I um, oh, actually, yeah, if they, they can actually get that, um, well, we you know, the male participa- participation, I should say, in uh, netball is, is certainly growing, and I know that the South Australian side um, they often they often uh, train a lot with the Thunderbirds and some of the the state league teams to uh, you know to build their competition. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all unfolds.
2: Well, we are underway here on the Bungie and Bretster Show on your Sunday morning. We've got a lot to look forward to. We've got basketball coming up, Com games and Adelaide's newest national champions, the Adelaide Avalanche, ice hockey national champions. We're going to be talking that when we return. But now it is time for the 10 o'clock news.
3: Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretester Show.
2: And the Adelaide Giants, your team in the Australian Baseball League, part of the Polygraph Group, also proud supporters of the Bungie and Bretster Show. Thanks for sharing your Sunday morning with us here on 1629 SENSA. Brett Maher, Andrew McLeod in the studio with me, John Casey and an opportunity for us to start talking about our newest national champions. The Adelaide Avalanche have scored a remarkable win in the Pacific Hockey League Championship. They've gone to Melbourne, and they have beaten the Melbourne Ducks. Two-zip in a best-of-three scenario. And wild scenes, if you check it out on socials, it's a big... I know we're not huge on ice hockey here, but we're going to be big on ice hockey here on the Bungie and Breadster Show because we love a national champion here in South Australia. Oh, it's exciting, uh,
0: Case, the first Walker Cup uh, Premiership. So uh, you've got to start from somewhere, Bresta, and uh, we're the first, and it's exciting. Like you said earlier about building up the uh, the Adelaide Bay sides, we're starting to to grow, and it starts at ice hockey.
1: <laughs> I can see it too. And some of that footage of when they win and, and the players flood onto the surface, uh, I think it's it's a great look. and. For the team that sat out for a little bit out of the league as well and to come back in and win a championship, I think uh, it was uh, it was really good to see an Adelaide team do that well.
2: First national title in 12 years for, the, uh, for an ice hockey team here in South Australia. And as we say, it is a niche sport, but it is one that certainly is evolving and one that is recognised around the world. They defeated the Melbourne Ducks in Game 1 4-3 and then in an overtime thriller, Yesterday afternoon, it was five four, and the look on the faces of some of the Melbourne fans because they were hot of hot, the hottest of hot favourites to win this title, and they've been swept by Adelaide. Some of those Melbourne people, I think the commentary as well around it was uh, a little bit bemused because this is it's a huge shock in terms of, of a result. I think being on their home deck too doesn't help. So the first two games were there,
0: and they were coming back here for the third one, Gase. But doesn't have. Doesn't have to happen. Doesn't have to occur,
1: Brester, because uh, we just gave that. We love beating Melbourne. We oh, love I love just the about Vicks. to say. It's always good to kick a Vic, and we love doing it, and it's good to see. And yeah, everyone had predicted, not everyone, but uh, a lot of people had predicted that it would come back for a game three. Uh, and to sweep a team like that, hot favourites, uh, there's not much better, Bunge. I don't think there's, is it better than just, just winning it in an overtime? Going to OT. And you
0: see that a lot in in basketball and in ice hockey over in the States and we see that on ESPN a bit. But to be able to just go into OT and um, I guess have that confidence that you know that you're going to be able to compete and to be able to, you know, bring back the, you know, get the chockies and, and bring
1: back the cup to, to South Australia, it's no better feeling. And Case touched on it. It is a niche sport here and, and it's not something that you equate with the hot weather of Australia to be playing ice hockey. But the standard here is pretty good. What I would love to see is an NHL team come out here as an exhibition game and play uh, against some of the teams out here, and, and just see where we sit. and uh, And on another note, I saw the uh, Wayne Gretzky special on Netflix. Have you seen that one? That's a that's a great that's a great show.
0: No, I haven't seen that. I have to, to to catch up on that one. But um, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be actually good to see that. Uh, you know, we can start to build on that now. That uh, you know, with the I guess the national competition in the Pacific Hockey League is that, um, you know, we can start to expose a lot more younger people to the sport of ice hockey. And there's obviously those pathways, like you said, like going over into the NHL and um, that would be awesome to see. It gets one of, those, one of those biggest teams that come out here, promote it and to, uh, you know, bring some,
1: some awareness around uh, the great stuff that, or the great pathways that hockey can provide. And, and another bonus in Adelaide at the moment, one of our great supporters in Peligora, um, are helping with facilities. So we're getting some new arenas built as well, which will help encourage people both north and south of the city to get involved not only in ice, but skating as well, But uh, and hopefully attract more people to the sport, which will obviously increase the, the level and the standard. I would like to see you as a goalkeeper. Uh, the oh. hard to get past this big frame, wouldn't it? We, we,
0: we should do that one day. Guys you know, oh. go down and chuck rests oh. in the
2: goals, and we will just,
0: you know, uh, what, 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 what is it? would you just hit pucks? It is it hitting pucks? What, oh. What's the terminology?
2: I'd be going a slap shot on him. Slap shot. <laughs> Maybe they don't even need a puck for that. That'd be my <laughs> second
1: puck of the day.
2: I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, it is a growing sport. We're right behind it here on the Bungy and Bretster show. So get around it. And congratulations to everyone concerned with the Adelaide Avalanche winning the Pacific Hockey League. It's a national title coming to Adelaide. So a whole lot more still to come on the show. Stay with us here. Hope you're enjoying a nice Sunday morning. The Bungy and Bretster show coming to you here on sixteen twenty nine SENSA.
3: Adelaide Giants home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show.
2: Thanks for joining us here on a Sunday morning, and your voice is important to us as well. You can call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. Plenty to look forward to. Uh, in the show, we've got a lot of AFL coming up, talking about the Crows' great win and Port Adelaide's come- upcoming game this afternoon against the Bombers. We're going to talk AFLW as well. But right now, we're going to talk basketball with Brett Maher, who is down at 36ers training. And 36ers fans, if you're listening... Get in touch, let us know what your thoughts are about what is a great roster, our text number 0427 154 166, and Brett you're impressed with what you're seeing down at training. I am. Uh, it's a
1: very very big team this year. Uh, we've got a few tall players of course, we've got Kai Soto coming back, but um, seeing Kuth out on the training court, he's about 7 foot and his wingspan's probably about 8 foot. He's a monster out there, then you're Still got DJ Daniel Johnson there as well. I think the smallest player on the roster is 6'4", uh, going up to that seven one seven two. They're athletic, um, a great team. You're adding into that Craig Randall the second as well, who I think is going to be an exciting import. the The one thing that is the question mark at the moment is Robert Franks. Uh, speaking to the management, speaking to uh, CJ down there, it's a bit of an unknown. Uh, there's a team in Europe that have offered pretty much twice his salary here. So it'll be
3: interesting Well, he's to gone see. then. He's not no. <laughs> going to play here, surely.
2: He won't play here if he's been offered double and he has an out clause in his contract. So he's done. Well, there's a few things that have to line up. So they
1: have to pay. There's a buyout fee, so um, which I'd imagine is fairly hefty. Uh, they'd have to do that. And he would have to agree to want to go there for double the money, probably, yes. Uh, and I think there's something else that has to line up as well. Uh, for him to go but even in speaking to CJ he's covering bases and looking at uh, replacement players already and has a few pretty uh, good names in mind
0: Now Brest, I heard you talking
1: the other day on uh, the SEN to Hazy and Kane
0: uh, on Breakfast and talking about you're excited like you are now talking about the sixers and their you know their chances for the season coming up and uh, you you were talking about defense and how excited you were about defence. Um, yeah, we all know that uh, that's something that you don't really know much about. It's only, only the only defence you know is the one that's around your house. Oh, um,
1: but I know about <laughs> it. I just never played it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, in all seriousness, seriousness, you said you've been down, you're watching um, and, and getting excited. And you mentioned how good our defenses stocks are. Is that something – now, defence wins championships, and you've been a part of a number of them. Is that something that really excites you when you go down and, and watch the Sixers, at training?
1: Well, it does. You've got Antonius Cleveland, who's come in from Illawarra, who is the reigning Defensive Player of the Year. You've got Sunday Detch, who's won Defensive Player of the Year and is probably in the top three every year, I think, uh, best players defensively in the league. Mitch McCarran is right up there as well. So you've got probably three of the best, I think, six defenders in the league. And then you've got some great rim protectors there in, in Kai Soto, Dengakuth. Um, so if they do get past them, then they've got to get past the big seven-footer as well. So that's exciting for me. What
0: about on the on the flip side, offence? Can we actually
1: shoot a winning score? Oh, definitely. Yeah, you look at guys like Franks, Randall, um, and, and guys like Mitch McCarron, who are setting the table for these guys, are, are really on the improve. He's done very well in the off-season with the Australian team. And that's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks. We've got a huge build-up before the season. But the team loses about five players to go play in this FIBA window. We lose Mitch McCarron, uh, who's going to be playing for Australia. Hiram Harris is playing for New Zealand. Kai Sotto's playing over in the Philippines. Um, who else is who else <laughs> losing? Case, I think, anyway, about five of the guys are, are going to represent um, uh, the country. South Sudan, we've got uh, Dengakuth and we've got Sunday Detch going over there. So, yeah, it's a big kind of disruption to our pre-season, but we do have a big build-up anyway. We're going over to Perth, we're going to the NBA. Yeah. um, Well, I was going to
0: say, how important is that then? Like, obviously, we talked about it and it's all the hype around going over and playing NBA and being able to play against, you know, um, OKC and and, and, uh, Houston. Um, But in terms of, like – I guess, uh, getting some of that continuity together as a team. Obviously, they're all going off to do – they've got their duties with their countries to go and do that. But then bringing him back and going over there, playing against some really quality opposition, getting him on the court, running their plays, doing all of that sort of stuff, you know, solidifying, you know, the their makeup obviously,
1: and, um, you know, how they, how they run the floor together is very important. Definitely. And I think we'll have talent this year, which I think is a big, big key – It's the chemistry Chemistry. and how that comes together and how CJ brings that together and what style of game he's going to play with these long athletic bodies. Is he going to get up the court, defensive pressure? Are we going to be run and gun? And I think that's the style of play that CJ wants to get us into, which is going to be very exciting for fans to come along and watch because they're going to be playing above the ring. Now, can we quickly get on? I want to talk about the girls' basketball. Lauren Jackson, the Australian women's team. Um, because this is exciting, having Lauren Jackson back in the team. Um, what do you think about that bunch? Having 41-year-old come back after being out of the game for a long time, representing her country again. What's your thoughts? Well, I'd,
0: well, I'll tell you what my thoughts are. Because I saw an interview where she was in t- where she was, found out that she was actually made the side and she was in tears. So to show that the emotion and how much it means to her to actually come back after such a long time out... And to be able to be a part of that side, you know that I think that emo- drawing on that emotion and knowing that you've got one of the the, the all time greats that can come in, and she's not just coming in just for um, it's, it's it's not a sympathy pick. It's actually she's she's producing the goods and she's playing some great basketball and she's an asset for our side. So just the amount of confidence I think that'll give to um, her teammates around her. They can build on that, and obviously they haven't had such a great. Um, I guess, uh, camaraderie or they haven't had a great experience in that side for the last couple of years given all the Cambage stuff. So to actually have something positive that they can focus on, bring them together, Jill, I think it's exciting times.
1: Yeah, well, a lot of people are saying, oh, this is just a, a feel-good story to cover Liz Cambage, but I don't think it is. Her form against Canada was very good. Um, her form... The other day, she had 41 and 25 in the she NBL was... one. Or something. It's, it's just crazy numbers. And she's only going to get better the more she gets back into playing and, and playing at a higher level as well. The The one can, only concern that I see is injury. Um, at that age, making a comeback, a lot forced upon her in a fairly short amount of time, um, that has to be managed. And if they manage that correctly, then, yeah, she'll be a great asset to that team. Not only what she does on the court, about what she does off the court.
0: Hey, Barzy, just quietly, um, one thing I did notice about, uh, and uh, no doubt that uh, she's going to be a part of this as well, but we talked about your card. We've talked about your card on the show a bit and how the price <laughs> has gone up and uh, at Mayhem Collectibles. Now, I see the MBL are, uh, are bringing back the trading cards. Uh, it's uh, been a 25-year hiatus, and they signed a deal with Tops. Um, So I can't wait for those retro cards to come out. And uh, so uh, is that something that, you know, obviously the league has gone through a bit of a transition, but bringing some focus back around the league, being able to promote it. And that's part of that is, you know, you you, you look at the AFL and the the select cards and how big that is, something for for basketball that um, they can
1: build on. Yeah, well, I'll be going straight down to Mayhem Collectibles to get my cards. That's for sure. But uh, no, I think it's great for getting the names out of of the players um, yeah. and and promoting the game. I think it's a great, like, particularly in the schools. Kids go there, they have their cards, and they
0: swap them. A lot, cards, they trade them. And exactly.
1: That. I think I think it's really good. Um, and yeah, I'm sure like the guys' cards will be worth uh, more than seventy cents than what mine is anyway.
2: I don't know about that, Mars Yours is going up in value all the time. That's without a doubt. But you're right. The uh, Women's World Cup, one of the biggest events in Australia, sporting-wise, this year. It's going to kick off in six weeks. September 22, the Australian Opals take on France in their first game on Thursday the 22nd of September. And you mentioned about what Lauren Jackson's going to bring to the team both on and off the floor. I also like the fact that what she's going to bring to the other teams in the sense that now... Their eyebrows are raised and they know how good Lauren Jackson is and that's just going to give them something to work on as well. So they'll have to consider that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and the other good thing for Adelaide is that Steph Talbot's made that team as well. The captain of the Lightning, Marina Whittle, is uh, in that team. So they're going to be getting even more experience to bring back to the Lightning and make our Lightning team even stronger as well, which is what I like to see.
2: lot to look forward to with women's basketball and still plenty more to come here on the Bungie and Bretster Show this Sunday morning. Stay with us here on SENSA 1629.
3: For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show.
2: And your voice on the show is very important as well. We'd like you to call us on 1300 736 736 or shoot us a text on 0427 154 166. And on the SENSA 1629 Twitter page, we're going to put up a poll... It's at 1629 SENSA, and we'd like to hear your thoughts. Should the Commonwealth Games come to Adelaide, only mainland state that's never hosted the Games here in Australia? It's time. We're going to be driving it, particularly after we've won the medal count at Birmingham, Brett Maher. Only
1: just (laughs) scraped in. 178. We beat the bombs by two. 176. But we did smash them in the golds by 10. So that... Was good to see, but uh, I think it would be good for the state to have the Commonwealth Games here. Um, Well, I mean, we've had Masters Games here. We've had uh, quite a few events here. It may help uh, the government pump a bit more money into the uh, the different arenas and that as well, but I think it would be huge for the state.
2: Why not? Brett, I think you're right. When we saw Bruce McIverney get off the plane from Birmingham and say, bring it to Adelaide, he was thrilled by it, and I think it would work, Bungie.
0: Oh certainly and I think uh, agree, you know, listening to Marzi last week talk about the, the infrastructure and what that'll do around the place. We've just got it. We've we've got so many great events here. Uh, we've proven in the past that we do it well. Let's let's aim for the the com games. It'd be great to get it. Like I said last week too, Marzi as the ambassador. We'll get him out, we'll roll him out. <laughs> we know you know, we, we talked about he's he talked about not knowing what the 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 mascot was well. We've found the mascot here. He's sitting in the studio. You beauty, and we can't wait for him to be a part of it. But we just had to get we get, need to get uh, the boss Peter Malinowski's on board and uh, start to promote ourselves to get it because it would be awesome to have the Com Games here in South Australia.
2: Let's bring it here, but do we include esports, Brett Maher? at the Com Games in Birmingham? They ran parallel to the Com Games. That they ran the esports uh, the inaugural. Commonwealth Esports Championship. They've signed a memorandum of understanding with the Com Games. It's a two billion dollar market esports, and the 2023 Asian Games are locked in. They're going to have it. I think it's inevitable in both the Com Games and the Olympics. How do you see it? Well, the, the big question is um, is
1: what game would they play? They uh, I was talking with Bungie when we we're on the break. There, we you couldn't really play Fortnite. Street Fighter, all these games where you're beating people up or shooting them. I don't think that would come across that well, but you can certainly play NBA 2K. Yeah. <laughs> you could play the, the football. You could play any sport on the One. F1 is um, big. F1 is big. League of, League of Legends is obviously the, one of the biggest. Well, and that would be a good one, maybe, to play. I, I think the the eyes and the people that are watching this is huge. The money that's involved in this at the moment, like people are winning tournaments and Winning huge oh amounts, like four, five, six million. But mil. you know what?
0: They don't have a gold medal, Though It's oh, different. Man. You can win seven mil, but you actually get the satisfaction of winning a gold medal for your country.
1: Well, You don't sound convinced. No, I'm wondering, like
2: most people, would they rather six mil or a gold medal? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, they can have both. I <laughs> think it's inevitable. I think we're going to see it in the Olympics, and we're going to see it at the Commonwealth Games. Certainly,
0: diff- different demographic. That's what I can't I can't wait to see. Like bring a different demographic. Anyone can do it. Doesn't matter what age you are. You can actually compete and be a part of it.
1: Hey, Bungie, why didn't we have uh, men's cricket at the Commonwealth Games? We had the uh, women out there doing very well. Why, why were the men excluded? Because they didn't want
2: us to win another gold medal, <laughs> probably. Well, we've won that contest nonetheless. It's been a big show so far here with Bungie and Bretster, and it's all brought to you thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. We've spoken to Carl Veard about the Australian Cup. We've covered the Adelaide Avalanche Ice Hockey Champions here in Australia, the Grand Finals of the Netball, and still a lot more to come, including Ange Foley from the Port Adelaide AFLW team, the Crows' big win, and plenty more. Stay with us here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. It's time now for the 10.30 News.
3: Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Bretster Show.
2: On this Sunday morning, we are the Bungie and Bretster Show. Andrew McLeod, Brett Maher, John Casey in the studio. And it's time now for us to talk a little bit about Port Adelaide and Essendon. They are going at it, of course, today in the AFL. And they went at it yesterday in the AFLW. And the vice captain of Port Adelaide, Ange Foley, has been kind enough to join us here on a Sunday morning. Ange, we appreciate you sharing some time.
5: Hi, good morning, boys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Hey, Enge, veteran, how you going? Bunch. Hi,
5: how are you? How you going,
2: Bunch? I'm
0: very good, I'm very good. Good out, hit out yesterday. You only played the first half um, yourself and uh, they rested you up. It's, uh, some certainly some good signs there for the girls.
5: Yeah, um, got to rest the old girls up and give them a bit of a, a spell. We need it nowadays. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The first half was really promising. Um, probably close to our round one team, I would say, and um, – yeah, we were excited to watch the young guns go at it in the second half.
1: And uh, Aaron Phillips being named captain yeah. of the team was that a surprise to anyone? It seemed like a pretty much a laydown mazair to me, but uh, yeah, was that uh, that must have been good for the club?
5: Ah, uh, yeah. You know, it went to a vote, and obviously, um, Aaron's. Um, you know, the person that she is and the leadership experience she has, and you know, the history she's got with the um, Port Adelaide Football Club is. Um, you know, a really big reason why she got voted in. Um, and so, yeah, she, uh, played, uh, uh, she played yesterday. She's, um, you know, been out on the track the last couple of weeks with us and she just brings that aura as you know, bunge, um, you know, people just get around her and just follow her, um, just for purely just for action. So it was nice to see.
0: Well, we were talking a little bit about this off air and, uh, case just mentioned, she said, how did Erin go? And I said, Erin just did Erin things. So, um, yeah. you know, what, you, what you're used to. But uh, a couple of girls that um, really caught my eye. Obviously, uh, Gemma Horton is, is a very good player, but, you know, seeing her, her ability to get up the ground and to bring others into the, the game. But the two girls that I really enjoyed, um, uh, you know, watching yesterday, um, Ange, were uh, Derek and, and Tickle. They certainly provided mm-hmm. some, some real great contests for you and um, some, some promise there.
5: Yeah, um, Teak's turned nineteen during the week, and Abby Derrick's the same age. And um, you wouldn't think, by the way that they play footy, that neither of them have played AFLW before. Um, You know, just touching on Gemma, though, um, you know she's a great presence for us, um, going inside fifty. But you're right, she works right up the ground. Um, I think she was nearly in defensive fifty at one stage. I was telling her to get on her bike and let her get up the other end for us as well. So she's. great to have up there Um, and then yeah Teeks is really strong in the air Um, and then you've got Abby Daric who I think was probably best on ground yesterday Um, she was meant to come off at half time but I'm glad she didn't and um, you know just a contest and a tackle and um, you know as well as just a skill like with her hands and um, by foot as well so yeah some really young exciting talent which is um, what we're going to be about this year.
1: What are your thoughts on uh, Olivia Thompson or LaVicky now? Um, I've followed her uh, basketball, not real closely, but did follow her. She's an excellent player for South Adelaide in the NBL1 competition. Um, what are your thoughts on her um, as a footballer transitioning across?
5: Yeah, uh, an interesting one. You're right. She's never played a game of AFLW before or AFL in general. Um, and that's, you know, the nature of this comp. You get people like that. Um She's athletic. The first time I saw her, she came out to a training um, before she was even signed. And um, first thing I thought was just how athletic she is. Um, She dominates in in our GPS data. She's always up the top, um, works really hard, um, and she can kick the footy really well. Um, So she's going to be our our second ruckman and just a nice target up forward as well to complement Gemma.
0: Kicked a snag yesterday too, Brestler. She did. She, she
5: did nice she did. contested yeah, mark in the
0: goal square and uh, went back and, yeah, and slotted yeah. it nicely. So, hey, uh, yeah, exactly, Angela. I just wanted to ask you about uh, expectations <laughs> for the year now. So obviously coming in and you've had a little bit of a look. You had the the uh, the sim match, sim sort of practice against the Crows, and then you've you know played that game and. Obviously, you gave a lot of the young girls a bit of a, a run in the second half. First first half, you know, I take a, a lot of takeaways from that that first half and the way that you're able to go about it, the movement of the ball, the connection um, between, you know, defence and, and offence. But um, in terms of expectations for the year, is it? Uh, have you guys talked about that?
5: Um, yeah, you know, it's hard bunge like you're um – you know, a brand new team, right? So automatically, you think, oh, we're going to be take a couple of years to get going, or or whatever that might be. Expansion club, um, all of those words get thrown around, but um, you know, Aaron Phillips and I pretty well Bun. Yep. You know how competitive we are, <laughs> and um, you know we're we're here to win. Um, and whether you know what, however that plays out, every game we're going to win. And um, you're right, there are some really, really promising signs where. You know, we're hoping that we're known to be um, a pretty contested team. Um, you know, we beat we beat Adelaide in that aspect when we played against them. Um, and then uh, you, you're right about our ball movement too. You know, by foot we can be calm at times and, and hit some targets and we've got some pretty big, strong, contested mark players who can um, allow us to do that. So, um, yeah, as I said, it's... Uh, it's brand new. It's exciting. It's, um, we can't get wait to get started and we're going to start by heading over to the Perth and hopefully knocking off West coast in round one.
1: You've had a great career playing up in the, um, competition up in Darwin and then, uh, winning some championships up there, coming down here, winning with the crows. What do you attribute most of your success to coming through those programs?
5: Uh, good people around me, probably is the first one, um, you know, like, I think I've been pretty lucky. Um, I was in a pretty decent side, uh, the Waratahs in Northern Territory. That was a heap of fun. And we, we you're right, we won a fair few flags and we were really successful. Um, you know, you look at, um, I, I keep comparing the 2017 Adelaide Crows team who were the underdogs. People thought we were going to be really unsuccessful because of the nature of how we were set up with Darwin and, and um, SA coming together and, Um, That year we won it. So, um, yeah, in terms of success, I think, you know, um, I've had a lot of players and and coaches around me who were competitive and just wanting to get the best out of each other. And we just strive to win. We strive for greatness. And um, that's what we'll do at Port, and we'll see how we go.
0: Well, interesting you you mentioned that, uh, Ange, um, because in terms of being a part of that program, I guess for me the... The thing that, that, that most stood out um, in terms of the, in, in the, the Crows uh, team when, when you were there um, and, and when I was there as part of that is, is I guess, the culture uh, that was embedded yeah. and, and driven by the players. Now, you've gone across yeah. to, a, to a team that um, now, Port Adelaide, we're talking about 150 years of, of history, um, you know, the creed and that, that culture yeah. – certainly a different step going into, I guess, someone to a club that's got that much history um, yep. and, and the power that that is and, 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 and understanding that, you know, you walk in the, the, the footsteps of, of, some, of some giants.
5: Yeah, you're right. Um, and it's something that's already starting to be ingrained in us. You know, we've had uh, Timmy come down, you know, the history that um, Greg Phillips brings, um the the um new museum that they've built. Um, yeah, just um we you know, I I know I know not not very much about the history and um we're learning very quickly about how passionate Port Adelaide are about their history and where they've come from and and um, you know, wearing our Guernsey with pride. Um and and then additionally we're um we're we're gonna write our chapter in that history book which is really exciting for us and um, you know makes us instantly proud to be to be wearing the Guernsey and just to be proud of this club because um, you're right, it's, it's a it's a big family and a big um, you know we're, we're just a part of that now and we've kind of um, lots of people who have come to talk to us have have said how you know what we've brought already to this club just a new new era and a new excitement around it and yeah, it just makes you feel, makes you feel special it makes you feel proud it makes you feel like you just want to represent them really well
1: and a bit of distraction i guess at the club this week with the prison bars uh, discussion um what are your thoughts on that um obviously there's been a lot said about it through the week what are your thoughts
5: yeah well it's just another part of it isn't it like you're um you know you want to be just as passionate as they are about it um honestly again like i said you know we don't You know, know half the half the history or where it's where it is, but we're starting to understand it, and um, whether that means that we wear them or we wear them um, against the crows in the showdown. Like you know, I'd be I'd be keen to be a part of a part of that, just because, um, as I said, you want to be proud about the history and, and what we're representing at this club.
2: And she lost by 20 points yesterday. It was Essendon 8-8 to Port 5-6. Kicking five goal- goals is a good sign. I guess the loss isn't uh, isn't exactly what you were after, but you played the Bombers. Now, of course, the men's team play Essendon this afternoon, four ten Marvel Stadium. Do you travel together? Do you do much together? What's the integration like between the men and the women's program? Yeah, I mean,
5: when you ask that question, I remember the first ever training session that we had, and, you know, we got a surprise. Um of the boys being there and welcoming us. Um, Tom Jonas talked to us and um, that was pretty exciting. Um, in terms of this weekend, we unfortunately didn't match up in terms of daytime. as in we played yesterday and they're playing today. So we flew in Friday night, the boys flew in Saturday and um, we flew out pretty quickly next week. Uh, sorry, uh, last night, Um Yeah, so we didn't end up doing that, but it would have been pretty exciting to do that, but um, it just didn't um, match up.
2: Yeah. You you mentioned your first game against the West Coast, Saturday, the 27th of August. You have to travel two weeks from now. It's going to be a huge event. No doubt you're excited about that.
5: Yeah, we we were talking about it. Um, The club have really got behind. Um, Obviously, it's going to be a pretty historic day for the club um, in terms of our first ever game. So, um, excitingly, we get. every player gets to get to head over to West coast um, playing or not playing injured or not injured. Um, and uh, we're probably going to have a fair few debutants, I suppose for that game. Um, and so that's, that adds an adds another element. Additionally, um, it's just Mules 50th AFLW game. So um, yeah. yeah. So um, we're all, you know, there's just going to be so much going on. It's going to be exciting. Um, we're heading over to Perth. Um, unfortunately, it's not a home game, but um, the week after we take on the doggies for our first one at Alberton, so that's also something to look forward to.
0: Just going to be tough to get my head around seeing the the the, the uh, most successful number twenty-three at the Adelaide Football Club um, playing for the opposition. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I'm very very excited <laughs> for you. Changed numbers? <laughs> she has changed numbers too. She's got uh, fourteen. Yeah. Oh, actually, I wore fourteen at Port. Uh, you might see my photo oh my on God. the wall there and you're looking at some of that history <laughs> 1994 Premiership um just uh, <laughs> i just wanted to ask you Andrew, about uh, your body now obviously uh you know you, you sat most of last season out with your knee and uh, coming back and like you played a half yesterday just how you pulled up um, and you know like how you how you' I guess you, yourself, uh, you set yourself up for the, the season and, and cracking into round one. Do you feel really confident in, in everything you've done?
5: Yeah, um, touch wood. My um, my rehab was um, really successful, uh, didn't skip a beat. Um, so, I mean, I just went about it like I usually would, bugs you know, like trying to get out on the track as quick as possible. Um, and so um, rehab last year was tough because I had to watch my team train and play and end up winning a flag. So um, for me, that's just a little bit of fire in my belly to um, get going this year and and moving clubs as as being um, uh, the reason being that, you know, I'm somewhere near the end of my career um, and I wanted a fresh start and and I want to take my footy to the next level. And um, so I'm itching to play, you know, I was, Of course, wasn't happy having half a game yesterday because I'm just ready now. Um, (laughs) And so, uh, you had to put the brakes on a little bit and and rest up. But in terms of how my body feels, it's fine. Um, I, yeah, as I said, haven't skipped a beat. I've been full training um, since partway through last season. So, Um, yeah, I'm just ready to tackle round one just like a debutante would, really.
2: We're looking forward (laughs) to seeing you as well, Ange. You're a star for Port Adelaide now after being a star at the Crows. Really appreciate your time this morning.
5: Thanks so much, boys. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thanks, Ange. Ange Foley there from the Port Adelaide women's team and, of course, 20-point loss to Essendon yesterday, but looking ahead to round one just two weeks away. We're going to talk about the Adelaide Crows next, but we've got to take a break right now on the Bungie and Bretster Show.
3: Adelaide Giants, home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Brettster Show.
2: Andrew McLeod, Brett Maher, John Casey in the 1629 SENSA studio here on your Sunday morning. Appreciate you being with us as well. We're excited because the Crows... Have found some great form of late, Andrew McLeod. Uh, what did you make of their twenty nine point win over North Melbourne?
0: Oh, look, it was a, it was a great win in the end because uh, you know they were able to. It wasn't a pretty game, and they were able to wrestle back, I guess, that uh, momentum. Now North uh, dominated most of the stats and uh, including inside fifties clearances. Uh, they got the monster at centre bounce. Uh, is one of the it was it was unbelievable like to see that and it's something that they've been really strong on but i guess sometimes um you know when you're able to you're able to wrestle back that momentum as they did in the second half and the probably the stat that really stood out for me was the crows uh was their their ability to go forward and their marks inside 50 i think there was 19 to 9 um so that 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 efficiency going forward given that uh, you know, the, everything was very much the same. They were, they were getting beaten at stoppage, but th- when they turned the ball over and that connection, and we talk about that connection all year and it's been a bit of an issue with both of our local sides, but I think over the last month and a bit, the, the Crows are really starting to put that, piece that together. So that's something that I really like, Bresler is that connection, the ability to be really efficient going inside um, forward 50 and then the ability to kick goals.
1: Where are they at, Bungie? Like, if you look at the the Crow's team at the moment, they've won their last few, um, not against top ranked teams. Carlton, maybe, but West Coast, North Melbourne, not so much. But a good end to the season, winning some games. Where are they at? Is that giving us false hope in beating those teams? Um, Nick's has come out in the paper today and said that they've found that finals brand formula um, to to bring to the game. Where do you think they are? They around the mark or are we kind of just giving ourselves false hope here? Well, I think if you think like over the last, like you said,
0: we've beaten some sides that aren't in the eight, which is great, but we're able to match it with some of the teams that are. So I, I'll go back to that Sydney game in that second half. We got blown out of the water early in that game, but made some changes um, through the midfield and we saw we saw that change then and that's flowed on into the last four games. And, you know, be able to, uh, to I guess, to piece that together, and it's it's more about the way that you go about it. Not necessarily the the, the results are great. You get the wins. And I think yesterday against the the Kangers is, you know, their ability to to keep in the to, to stay in the fight. They were getting they weren't the best team, certainly in the first probably three quarters. Um and admittedly the Kangas probably lost a few blokes. They went down, they lost Zebel, um, Stevenson, Anderson, and that they went down um and, and probably worked in the Crows' favour. But I think it's the the way that they've started the way they're playing. Um, obviously, got some continuity with the guys in the midfield. We talked about the berries and the lads, and um, Dawson just keeps on getting better mm. off halfback. He was probably their best three He was, he? Their he, was their, he was their best player yesterday. The emergence of, and you know you see the emergence of some of these these other guys, and, and yeah, that, that um, uh, Fogarty keeps growing. He's becoming probably one of the best. He, I think in the last three to four weeks, he's been one of the best. He's probably the best forward in the competition in terms of output. Kicked another – what
1: did he kick? Four goals yesterday? Four goals. A- and he kicked straight too. He's <laughs> he's not spraying them like a lot of the guys out there. I think we're in a development phase at the moment. Like we're. I don't like the word rebuilding phase, but we are. And, and we're developing players. And that's what I like to see. Some of these guys – Fogarty was written off early in the season – He's coming good. you got keys. That midfield, as you talked about, is good. Um, I think there's some really good signs in the way that Nixie is developing some of these players into some really good classy players.
0: Well, I think that's the like, – we've seen that the development of these guys now. Now we're seeing the brand of footy. So we see, we, we, they're starting to bring – close that gap around development of players yeah. and that skill level – and the brand of footy that they know that and, – and next he's talking about it. A, a brand that can stand up and play and compete with the best sides and potentially play finals. Footy is, is what you want as a club, right?
2: Do
3: they exactly.
0: play
2: finals next year?
0: Well, they've got to build on this. Like they're eight. They've won eight games this year. They've got to build on that. You've got to win, what, 12 games to play finals? Maybe more. Yeah, possibly more. 13, 14 games. Um, and given the competition – yeah, look, I think that the fact that they've been able to match it with some, they'll go away from the, um, at you know from the end of the season uh, in a positive uh, mindset, you know, moving forward. Like, yes, there's some some great wins. Oh, I just can't wait. I know we're going to preview the the port game against Essendon this week, and we've got to get through that game, but the showdown takes on another dimension.
2: Seven o'clock next Saturday night. It's a it's, it's a gonna, final.
0: It's going to be a final, it, and you know what. Casey talked about it. The, the ability to does – your, does your brand stand up in finals? We know that we know that showdowns have a finals atmosphere. Like the way that – it doesn't matter where you're on the ladder. You play in any of those games, like the derbies. I saw last night, um, West Coast and, and uh, Frio. That was a cracking contest for most of that game until the end when Frio were able to get ahead and get that ascendancy. But those games are based on contested hard footy. And I can't wait for next Saturday night to see um, what the Crows will bring. And I'm sure they are just chomping at the bit, waiting to unleash themselves against Port Adelaide.
1: Well, pending on the result today in the Port Adelaide game, it'll, it'll come down to that game in bragging rights in the crosstown rivalry. What uh, – for the Crows, going back to them, what is the next step then? Like we're talking about developing the, the skills, the style of play – to get them that extra four or five wins at least, what is the next step? Is it getting these young guys They're talking about paying exorbitant amounts of money too? Is it getting a, a trying to poach a superstar f- or is it just keep on taking the slower approach and building what we've got here? Well, obviously
0: development is the key. Like being able to develop blokes. But if you can, I think going hard at the trade, it, the trade table is going to be a big one. Now, there's this talk about ranking coming in um, obviously, yes, he adds it to. Is he worth the money? Well, that's up for you know debate, I guess. Uh, but as we discussed last week as well, I think we need a we need a midfielder. We need a we need another genuine A grade midfielder that we can actually um, you know add to that. That and I like if you add that to the mix, I think they, I think the potential is right there for them to play finals next year. It's exciting for them, and I think that, you know Adelaide supporters who've have been through the last three or four years should be getting excited about their team.
2: Mark it down. Andrew McLeod says potential to play finals next season It would be a huge leap for the Adelaide Crows. And the Adelaide Crows women's yesterday, they played North Melbourne as well and they lost by two points. North 3-2 defeating the Crows 2-6 in a tight finish. Look, you're with the Bungie and Bretster show thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Visit Wavell and Southern Mitsubishi driven by Australian Motors. We've got some sample coming your way and some quick fire to finish the show. Stay with us. We'll be back with more after the 11 o'clock news.
3: Adelaide Giants. Home to some of the best baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts. Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors. Welcome to the Bungie and Brettster Show.
2: We certainly appreciate the support of our great sponsors here on SEN 1629SA, Bungie and Brettster Show. Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher in the studio with me, John Casey. Time for us now to turn our attention to the sandfall and what a finish we've got looming in the sandfall and what a finish we had looming yesterday, West Adelaide and North Adelaide. Gore
5: is there. Now Crumming kicking That's a goal, up. and has he kicked the goal? He I has. think he has. Gets his first goal in sample footy. So he thumps it inside 50. Harvey's there. Pulled off the ball. Or did he pull Keo down with him? And he's kicked it. Keanu Millet brought him to ground and won the free kick. He kicks down the line. Young's tackled.
2: As a siren sounds, North Adelaide have hung on to win it by a goal. Great call via SEN 1629 SA. And how good is the sample when you've got North Adelaide needing a win to get the minor premiership or stay in that race against the bottom team in the competition, and it's one goal, the difference?
0: Westy's form has been pretty good the last couple of games. The, the last three weeks, uh, I think they had a well they had their first win um, going back three weeks ago, and the last two weeks they've actually pushed. So they pushed uh, – well, they beat the Tigers. They won two of the last won, four. Last, sorry, won two of the last four, yeah. yeah. So they beat the Tigers last week and then, uh, yeah, push the probably the best team in the competition, the Roosters, to a goal. Um, I guess that's
1: you know, exciting for, for West East fans for what's to come, I guess, next year. For me, Norwood are the team to beat at the moment. Although North Adelaide are sitting on top, they've won their last eight games. I was speaking to one of the guys from Glenel yesterday and he said that they thought they played pretty well Against the Red Leagues and still came up a little bit short. They're right in the mix. It was a really close game, but they are in red hot form, the they, Red they Leagues. Love, they love the wet weather.
2: They played well against Glenelg. It was 7 7 Norwood to 6 6 the Tigers on a game called here on SEN. And as we mentioned, North defeating. The Bloods there by just six points. The Adelaide Crows too good for Central District. And the Eagles 6-7 defeated Sturt four-twelve by seven points. So three tight finishes out of the four games. And, of course, we've got South Adelaide playing Port Adelaide today. But the latter at the moment, very interesting as we head toward the finals. North Adelaide on top, 13 and 4. Adelaide, 12 and 5. Norwood, 12 and 5. Glenelg and Sturt in the 5. Woodville West Torrens keep their finals hopes alive. Now, they're going to have to win next week and hope that North Adelaide defeats Sturt and the margin becomes crucial. And they might squeeze back in there, but it's lurking, looming as a great final series. Well, I think what are they they've got to win by at least five, and uh, hopefully Sturt lose by five, or maybe just a little bit more. So it's it is unlikely, but to have six teams still in the race to the uh, right to the end of the season is fantastic.
1: And when it's that close, you you kind of then tend to look back on well a couple of those games through the year where we took our foot off the pedal and let a team back in two or three goals, and all those accumulated goals and points you could have got really come back into play and bite you when it is this close in the league. It's exciting.
0: Well, it's an exciting competition, Bress. A contested competition. only problem is, Case, at, uh, and, and we tend to go down and watch a little bit of AFL. the state of some of the ovals at the moment is, uh, is a bit of a worry. Now, I know they had to shift the, the AFLW game from the, the Crows out of uh, Norwood yesterday because of the, the, the Friday, after Friday night's game there that you called. It was, it was horrible.
2: They had a lot of juniors playing there during the week as well. And yes, the ground was cut up. Um, not much you can do about that because Norwood and the club do a fantastic job down there. They had a huge crowd. They promoted it well. They invited Glenelg members to bring a free person with them through the gates. So, and it was a great contest. It just was a shame that the ground was uh, a little second hand, but not much you can do about that when you've got the rain and, and the conditions. But uh, of course, all the finals move to Adelaide Oval. The players really get a buzz out of playing there on the main stage and Really is up for grabs at the moment. North Adelaide and Norwood, two form teams. The Adelaide Crows going along very nicely. A high-scoring, high-potent outfit. So really hard to pick who's going to win the Premiership. Well, and moving
1: to Adelaide Oval, Bunch, who do you reckon, whose game style suits that oval the best? Like some of the teams play better on the big ovals. On Who do you think works that well, I, th-
0: I think Norwood certainly like the contested uh, type of footy in those smaller ovals, and they they obviously play and train a lot on the, on uh, at the parade there, which is a lot smaller. But I think um, coming into the finals, you know, teams like North and the Crows, Obviously, Crows probably get a bit of a, a an added leg or bonus because they do some training on Adelaide Oval, so they get to understand that a little bit. So they're going to be dangerous come finals time, but certainly uh the roosters they they love the the open spaces and to be able to get on that big deck and they've got some absolute speed they've got some uh, some weapons in that side that they'll be looking they'll be looking forward to unleashing them on Adelaide Oval
2: well, I think it's going to be, uh, once the teams get there, There, it's going to be uh, everyone's in with a chance, and particularly if the way the ladder shapes at the moment, Glenelg and Sturt, if the finals started right now, would be playing in an elimination final, and Norwood and Adelaide would clash, and North Adelaide would get the bye. But that could all change because right now, you've just got the one win separating the top three teams And as I say, Sturt and Woodville West Torrens still haggling about who's going to finish in the top five. So plenty to look forward to on the sample and still more coming your way here on the Bungie and Bretster Show. We're moving into the final furlong. Hope you can stay with us here as we wrap it up here on a Sunday morning on 1629
3: SENSA. Baseball players and prospects in the world. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi. Driven by Australian Motors, this is the Bungie and Bretster Show.
2: Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning. Mayhem Collectibles are also a great supporter of the show. Get ready for mayhem with Mayhem Collectibles on the parade at Norwood, one of Australia's fastest-growing trading cars and collectibles specialist. Mayhemcollectibles.com.au. So we're into the final furlong of the program with Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher, John Casey riding shotgun for them. We're going to get into the Bungie and Bretster breakdown. Who wants to go first? Well, Bungie, I want to get your thoughts quickly on the Port Essendon game
1: today. What do you think Port's chances are of knocking off Essendon? Well,
0: Um, (laughs) 50-50. Both teams haven't been great defensively um, all year, I think, and whoever brings the pressure uh, might just get the upper hand in that one, but I think it's a contested game for Port Adelaide. So, uh, you know what? I reckon they'll get the chockies. There you go, Bresser. There's one for you. Hey, I've got one for you. Your mate. Nick Kyrgios, oh, there okay. we go. So uh, his nine-match winning streak came to an end, uh, losing to Hubert Hunkers at the Montreal Masters. Now, is is he's going to be uh, ranked in the you know in the upcoming US Open? Is he the most informed current tennis player in the world? Because um, I think he makes uh, you know uh, uh,
1: uh, the game a very very exciting one. Well, yeah, people say that when he's winning, when he's losing. No, he's a sport brat with a bad <sighs> attitude. And I, I agree. I think he is. He's uh mentally um I don't know if he's strong enough mentally to win a big major. Like he's winning some of these smaller tournaments. I don't think he's gonna be able to do
2: made it. the final at Wimbledon.
1: He made the thought he just and he just knocked but off he didn't win, did he? He just knocked There's off. There's my point. He just <laughs> knocked off his mate, didn't no. He? no, He's talent wise, he's spectacular. Uh, and he is I, I actually enjoy watching him play. I just don't know mentally if he can knock off a Djokovic and Nadal at the moment when those guys retire. I think he in the next five years could be anything. I I really do. I think you're wrong. Anyway, next, what do you got? (laughs) Bill Russell, Bill Russell, as uh, uh, we all know, passed away recently. The NBA has retired his singler across the league, which means that, No one can wear that number six that he wore with the Celtics um, anymore. Like, people that are currently wearing it can wear it, but no new players that want to wear number six can put on number six across the league. What a tribute to an absolute sensation of the game, not only on the court, but what he has done off the court.
2: I love it. I love it, Brett, because uh, they will retire the – the number they did it with Jackie Robinson in baseball, the number forty-two, and Wayne Gretzky in ice hockey, the number ninety-nine. We know that your singlet hangs from the rafters at, uh, at Brett Mar Arena or Brett Maher Court at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. I think it's a huge, it's a huge honour wonder if it would ever creep into AFL where a player number would be retired across the league for every other team. Oh, I don't think so. I think they'd retired some Guernseys in the past.
0: Um, I think uh, Darren Mullane's, they retired uh, 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 for about a year or a couple of years or something like that, but they don't tend to do it.
1: Uh, With so I many like, players, it would be hard
0: because... On basketball, they... Limits. Yeah, it. it's, it's very different in basketball. I do like that, but then, yeah, what do you... You got? you got, you got you're hanging your, your jersey from the rafter or your jumper from the rafter. And now you've got a court named after you. What else do you want? Um, statues next, I would have thought. Sheep. <laughs> <that. laughs> hey, guys, I just want to turn your attention to the So the AFL Tribunal. Tell me what your thoughts are on the AFL Tribunal. David King came out um, on SEN during the week saying the game's never been more lost. Now, are we protecting the head? Did they get it right? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, they're all over the shop. It's inconsistent. They're not sending a steady message across the league one guy gets done for something, two weeks later someone else comes up with near identical case, gets let off. There's no consistency. I don't see what they're judging. They're, they can't be judging apples with apples. Surely, Cripps Crips should have got weeks for what he did. There's no Wasn't doubt about it. Was going for the ball? It. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Well, I think it's hard when – so Archie misses – he
0: goes out in concussion protocols. It should be like for like, I would have thought.
1: But anyway,
0: we're – we're not sitting on the tribunal, are we? Hey, uh, another one, Brett's there. Wanted to get your thoughts on uh, in case mental health. Now, we did talk about this with our com Games uh, athletes coming out and talking about this, um, and then we've seen during the week uh, and, and learning of uh, Paul Green's death and one of NRL's, uh, you know, greats of the game. We, he won the most prestigious award, the Rothmans medal, uh, which is, was the Daily M back in the day. He obviously coached uh, Cowboys to that 2015 amazing grand final, first grand final win over the Broncos, um, which goes down in history uh, and, and probably sealed uh, Jonathan Thurston's legend as well. But in terms of sports, and, and I asked this question last week, uh, but across, the, across sports organisations, players' associations, coaches' associations, do we need to do
1: more in this mental health space? Definitely. We need to pour a, a lot of money into this area because we're seeing, uh, I think, have you seen the movie Concussion as well? Yep. Like people's, There's going to be so much more happening in this space over the next 10, 15, 20 years as we find out more and more information about that. But also the pressure um, is coming from so many different angles now. Social media, um, all sorts of media putting pressures on the coaches, the expectations of time commitments for these guys. It is such a
2: pressurised field. Yeah, condolences and thoughts with the family as well, of Paul Green. Just a tragedy, and yes, we do need to be making more of this and doing much, much more around it. The AFL wages have come out, or the guesstimates, in terms of who's the highest paid player. Should we make them all available like they do in the NBA and like Kane Corns has been calling for for some time? I think it would take a lot of heat off players, and it would make things a whole lot better if we knew everyone's exact wage. Why not? Well, most of the players
1: kind of know what everyone's on anyway, but the general public don't. I think if we look at um, what's been reported, Dusty Martin's sitting on somewhere between 1.2 to 1.3, so he's not even getting what you were getting, Bunchy. Uh, number one, that five is 1.05 to 1.15. Jeremy McGovern, number three is somewhere between one and 1.1. 1. 1. So these guys are earning some pretty good money. Going go down to Cripsy, Paddy Cripps from – Eight seventy-five to nine seventy-five. I think they're getting pretty good value out of that. So based on
0: what we're hearing, then with the Isaac Rankin stuff, but and you're saying Paddy Cripps is on one on ninety nine. Paddy Cripps, they're estimating is somewhere between eight seventy-five and nine seventy-five. So we, we, see, this is where the media they just start to throw out these numbers. Is is what we're hearing with Isaac Rankin talking about nine fifty? I think they were talking. About? All guess is that.
2: That's why not you put him
0: in the same league as Paddy Cripps. And
2: I that's, don't. That's why I say make it. So everyone's available, they know what it is. Yeah, and I don't think well, he's not worth that.
1: But are they having to pay that much extra money to get players to come to Adelaide? That's probably the question. Is that what they're having to do to to get them to come here? I I also wanted to just uh, let everyone know Adelaide Giants, great supporters of ours, uh, through the Premier Group, their season has been announced. Their first home game is versus the Melbourne Aces at Bennett Field on November 25 to 27. So definitely get down and support them throughout the course of this season as well.
2: Yep, their first uh, game is actually in Perth, November 10 to 13. They play a four game series there. So, yep, get around them. You'll enjoy it. And the first home game, Melbourne Aces in November. We're going to have Adelaide Giants players on the show regularly in the lead up to the season.
1: Another quick one uh, this probably goes into our Media Street category. Um, but oh, it was a doozy, and it's not singling out anyone in particular, but I am. You're You've gonna do it anyway. I went around in circles there, didn't I? I'm trying to word this carefully. But uh, like we're we're plucking out anyone from the media. There's no sex based on this. But Kelly Underwood, uh, in that call of the GWS game where she called them the orange team, I think has to go down as one of the all-time doozies. Um, like I know I make a lot of mistakes with names, getting them wrong, spelling of names potentially as well, but typically I get the name of the team right and don't have to revert to the colour. Which is not not far wrong, though. They are the orange team, aren't they? Well, they are, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't happy with that call. Let's just put it that way.
0: Hey, just a little one. I know it's a bit of a pet peeve of yours too, Bressa, but uh, watching the St Kilda game uh, on Friday night. Now, I know goal kicking came up again. And uh, it's one of the things, I know it's one of your, you, you hate it. You hate the fact that that, that uh, players doing that. But obviously there's a bit of focus on Max King. Now,
1: should we be kicking those goals, Preston? Well, we should be. You look at his stats in 2020. He had 18 games, 22 goals, 20 behinds. You move forward to 2022, 47 goals, 41 behinds. I mean, what's going on with that? What's going on? Kick a goal, mate.
0: He might have been getting some coaching from Richie. And yeah. speaking of kicking
2: goals. Melcham's at the fall of the ball. Cosy Pickett snaps.
3: It's a goal. You won't believe it. Melbourne have stolen the impossible. And
2: Cosy Pickett's the hero at the MCG.
1: It's what I love about footy, kicking a goal. You know, AFL, it's the only sport in the world. Where you get rewarded for missing your target and kicking a point, they give you something just to take away oh, for missing the no,
2: target. No, no,
1: that's <laughs> what about darts? <laughs> darts? Darts, you aim for a number, you get a different oh, number. Yeah, yeah, a lesser number. It's still number? part of the game. Get, I don't know about getting a point for missing your target. Come give on, give me a spell, big
0: fella. <laughs> oh, what a, What a finish that game was! Yep. Cracking game. That's some some finals football right there. And the brave Jackson's movement to come back in and be brave to go back inside instead of doing the the the. What most teams do is kick down the line to come back, a dangerous kick inside, a bit of a knuckle ball that went over the top, and they were able to push that ball in, and what a great finish. It While we're kicker. talking
2: pet hates, the clock counting down has to go. It ruined the game again last night between Collingwood and Melbourne. You knew how much time there was. I put my card up again and blocked the, the number there, so I didn't know how long there was to go. But, boys, that just about wraps it up for the Bungie and Bretster show. Uh, it's been a great show. Really enjoyed talking to Carl Vit the uh, – manager and the, the head coach there at Adelaide United. We heard from Ange Foley from Port Adelaide on their performance against Essendon yesterday. We spoke ice hockey, netball, com games. We talked about plenty of basketball as well and a whole lot more. And trust you've enjoyed it at uh, listening to us here on 1629 SENSA. Brett Maher and Andrew McLeod will do it all again. Well, hopefully next week. Bungie, if he gets that cup of cement into him, might be a little bit better.
0: Oh, I can't wait for it. I'll be uh, I'll be on the uh, I'll be on the good stuff next week.
2: <laughs> Stay safe everybody. Find us on the Twitter poll as well that we put up. Adelaide and the Commonwealth Games. That's what we need.